0: Our first reading is Matthew 1, 18 through 24. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit.
1: And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But...
2: In the early 1900s, G.K. Chesterson, well-known British writer, philosopher, Christian apologist, who was known by his writing style as the Prince of Paradox. In this style, he wrote the poem, The House of Christmas. The motif with the stark homelessness of the stable and the manger in the context of the First World War in the Middle East with the Ottoman Empire. The paradox that in the place where the angels declared peace on Earth, mankind declared world war. The House of Christmas. There fared a mother driven forth out of an inn to Rome. In the places where she was homeless, all men are at home. The crazy stable close at hand with shaking timber and shifting sand grew a stronger thing to abide and stand than the square stones of Rome. FOR MEN ARE HOMESICK IN THEIR HOMES, AND STRANGERS UNDER THE SUN, AND THEY LAY THEIR HEADS IN A FOREIGN LAND WHENEVER THE DAY IS DONE. HERE WE HAVE BATTLE AND BLAZING EYES, AND CHANCE AND HONOR AND HIGH SURPRISE, BUT OUR HOMES ARE UNDER MIRACULOUS skies, WHERE THE YULE TALE WAS BEGUN. A child in a foul stable where beasts feed and foam, only where he was homeless are you and I at home. We have hands that fashion and heads that know, but our hearts we lost how long ago in a place no chart nor ship can show under the sky's dome. This world is wild, as an old wives' tale, and strange the plain things are. The earth is enough, and the air is enough for our wonder and our war. But our rest is as far as the fire drake swings, and our peace is put in impossible things, where clashed and thundered unthinking wings round an incredible star to an open house in the evening, home shall men come, to an older place in Eden and a taller tower than Rome, to the end of the way and of the wandering star, to the things that cannot be that are, to a place where God was homeless and all men are at home.
1: The second responsive reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered.
0: This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee
1: because there was no place for them in the end.
3: Peter Marshall was a well-loved pastor in the 40s. And he was born in Scotland. And he had an amazing experience the first time he came to the United States and spent Christmas with a family. And he was so amazed and enjoyed so much the colors of Christmas and the carols of Christmas. And he thought, I wish that everyone in the whole world could experience this. Peter Marshall was asked to be the chaplain of the Senate, which he humbly agreed to. And he was there just a short time because he died of a heart attack when he was only 46. I'm going to read you a sermon that he wrote about Christmas. And while some of the particulars of Christmas and culture have changed since then, the expression of gratitude for the Christ child who came into the world and the plea that we keep the wonder of this ancient miracle in our hearts is the same. Changes are everywhere. Many institutions and customs that we once thought sacrosanct have gone by the board. Yet there are a few that abide defying time and revolution. The old message, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord, is still the heart of Christmas. It can be nothing else. And this message can neither be changed nor quite forgotten, although there are many things that tend to make us forget. The idea of Santa Claus coming in a helicopter does not ring true. No interior decorator with a fondness for yellow or blue could ever persuade me to forsake the colors of Christmas. Red and green. I must confess that modernistic Christmas cards leave me cold. I cannot appreciate the dogs and cats, the galloping horses, the ships in full sail, or any of the cute designs that leave out the traditional symbols of the star, of the manger, the wise men on the camels. Angels there must be. But they need not be modernistic angels in evening dress with peroxide permanence. There is no need to search for stories new and different. There is only one, after all. And no modern author can improve it. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and lo! We all feel the pressure of approaching Christmas. The traffic is terrible. You can't find a parking place. The stores are crowded. Mob scenes make shopping a nightmare. You were thinking about presents. Wondering what in the world you can get for so-and-so. You think of friends and loved ones who are so hard to shop for. You can't think of anything they need. which is rather strange when you take time to think of it. Maybe there is nothing in the store they need, but what about some token of love? What about love itself, and friendship, and understanding, and consideration, and a helping hand, and a smile, and a prayer? You can't buy these things in any store, and these are the very things that people need. We all need them. Blessed will be they who receive them this Christmas, or at any time. Let's not permit the crowds in the rush to crowd Christmas out of our hearts, for that is where it belongs. Christmas is not in the stores, but in the hearts of people. Let's not give away to cynicism and mutter that Christmas has become commercialized. It never will be, unless you let it be. Your Christmas is not commercialized, unless you have commercialized it. Let's not succumb to the sophistication that complains, Christmas belongs only to the children. That shows that you have never understood Christmas at all. For the older you get, the more it means, if you know what it means. Christmas, though forever young, grows old along with us. Have you been saying, I just can't seem to feel the Christmas spirit this year? That's too bad. As a confession of lack of faith, it is rather significant. You were saying that you feel no joy that Jesus came into the world. You were confessing that his presence in the world is not a reality to you. Maybe you need all the more to read the Christmas story over again. Need to sit down with the Gospel of Luke and think about it. I thank God for Christmas. Would that it lasted all year. For on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, The world is a better place, and men and women are more lovable. Love itself seeps into every heart, and miracles happen. When Christmas doesn't make your heart swell up until it nearly bursts and fills your eyes with tears and makes you all soft and warm inside, then you'll know that something inside of you is dead. We hope that there'll be snow for Christmas. Why? It's not really important, but it's so nice and old-fashioned and appropriate, we think. Isn't it wonderful to think that nothing can really harm the joy of Christmas? Although your Christmas tree decorations will include new gadgets, such as lights with bubbles in them, it's the old tree decorations that mean the most, the ones you save carefully from year to year, the crooked star that goes on top of the tree, the ornaments you've been so careful with. And you'll bring out the tiny manger and the shed and the little figures of the holy family and lovingly arrange them on the mantle or on the middle of the dining room table. And getting the tree will be a family event with great excitement for the children. And there will be a closet into which you will forbid your husband to look. And he will be moving through the house mysteriously with bundles under his coat. And you'll pretend not to notice. There will be the fragrance of baking cookies, spices and fruitcake. And the warmth of the house shall be melodious with the lilting strains of silent night, holy night. And you'll listen to the wonderful Christmas music on the radio. Some of the songs will be modern, good enough music, perhaps. But it will be the old carols, the lovely old Christmas hymns that will mean the most. And forests of fir trees will march right into our living rooms. There will be bells on our doors and holly wreaths in our windows. And we shall sweep the Noel skies For their brightest colors and festoon our homes with stars there will be a chubby stocking hung by the fireplace and with fingers to lip you will whisper and ask me to tiptoe for a little tousled head is asleep and must not be awakened and finally christmas morning will come don't worry you'll be ready for it You'll catch the spirit all right, or it will catch you, which is even better. And then you will remember what Christmas means, the beginning of Christianity, the second chance for the world, the hope for peace. It's the only way. The promise that the angels sing is the most wonderful music the world has ever heard. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. It is not a pronouncement upon the state of the world then, nor is it a reading of the international barometer of the present time, but it is a promise, God's promise of what one day will come to pass. The years that are gone are graveyards in which all the persuasions of men have crumbled into dust. If history has any voice, it is to say that all these ways of men lead nowhere. There remains one way, the way, untried, untested, unexplored fully, the way of him who was born a babe in Bethlehem. In a world that seems not only to be changing, but even to be dissolving, there are some tens of millions of us who want Christmas to be the same. With the same old greeting, Merry Christmas, and no other. We long for the abiding love among men of goodwill which the season brings. Believing in this ancient miracle of Christmas with its softening, sweetening influence to tug at our heartstrings once again. We want to hold on to the old customs and traditions because they strengthen our family ties, bind us to our friends, make us one with all mankind for whom the child was born and bring us back again to the God who gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we will not spend Christmas, nor observe Christmas. We will keep Christmas, keep it as it is, in all the loveliness of its ancient traditions. May we keep it in our hearts, that we may be kept in its hope.
4: the blessed.
3: The poem I'm about to read you was written by Leslie Leyland Fields during a particularly difficult Christmas season. And I think this will especially speak to the women, the mothers in our congregation. This is what she wrote before the poem. How many Christmases have you survived? It's a heavy weight to carry the expectation of tiny, snowy villages, wreaths on every door, anxiety that you chose gifts that will please, the travail of beginning a family tradition, which then must be kept until, yes, we have a special meal and activity for nearly every day. It's astonishing that we do this to ourselves every Christmas until we have a space that is not filled, every space is filled. And every year, we vow to be simpler next year, to buy one gift, to relish the presence of another most, to attend every worship service, to create the space that we need to find wonder again. And we don't. But I believe it's still there, astonishment, I send this poem out to you in hopes it will revive what may be exhausted. I wrote it many years ago, and it has turned up around the world in the most surprising places. Its words redeemed a particularly difficult Christmas, and I send it to you now, hoping it will do the same for you. It's called Let the Stable Still Astonish. Let the stable still astonish. Straw dirt floor, dull eyes, dusty flanks of donkeys, oxen, crumbling crooked walls. No bed to carry that pain. And then the child, rag-wrapped, laid to cry in a trough. Who would have chosen this? Who would have said, Yes, let the God of all the heavens and earth be born here, in this place. Who but the same God who stands in the darker, fouler rooms of our hearts and says, Yes, let the God of heaven and earth be born here, in this place.
5: Well shall Whom should
0: Our third responsive reading from Luke 2, verses 8 through 21. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the
1: angel said to them,
0: Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger.
1: And suddenly, for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them.
6: For many years, many of us have been blessed by these books, Christmas in My Heart. I don't know if you ever saw this series, but I can't get my jacket button. There we go have seen this series, and this is back to uh, volume four. It, the volumes are in the 20s now, and uh, amazing collections of stories. But there's one in particular in the introduction to this fourth volume related to one of the great carols of Christmas, Silent Night. And I will read you these words. The story of Ski has been told many times, but one of my favorites is that told by Father Richard of the old Santa Barbara mission many years ago. The organ of the little church of Arnsdorf near Salzburg, Austria had in the last days before Christmas become unfit for further use. Mice had eaten at the bellows, and this seriously troubled the parish priest, Father Yusuf Moore. He went to his organist and schoolmaster, Franz Gruber, and expressed his disappointment, saying, we must have something special for Midnight Mass. On the day before Christmas Eve of 1818, the father was called to administer the last rites to a dying woman. It was late when he returned, pausing on a height overlooking the town, he fell to musing. The snowy mountains loomed above him and below in the valley the dark outline of the village could be discerned. Here and there, a faint light glimmered in the dark and over all was that vast stillness so peculiar to the wide open spaces of nature. Suddenly, the good man murmured, it must have been something like this. That silent, holy night in Bethlehem. Powerfully affected, he hastened home, sat at his desk and wrote. Late at night he paused, read over what he had written, then read it again. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, alles scherflacht, eins Nur das tranta hochaile de por. Holder Kenab im lochigena. Schlaf in himmel lascheru. Schlaf in himmel lascheru. We know the translation we've most often heard in our own songs, but here is a more literal version. Silent night, holy night all is dark save the light yonder where they sweet vigils keep or the babe who in silent sleep rests in heavenly peace rests in heavenly peace silent night peaceful night darkness flies all is light shepherds hear the angels sing hallelujah hail the king christ the savior is born christ the savior is born silent night holy night child of heaven oh how bright was thy smile when thou was born blessed indeed that happy morn full of heavenly joy full of heavenly joy it pleased him and he thereupon retired to bed Arising next morning, he took up his manuscript, reread it, hastened to his friend, Franz Gruber, and read it to him. As soon as Franz Gruber read the lovely words, inner voices seemed to fill his humber, humble quarters with an angelic choir. Indeed, he caught the true spirit of the hymn. He sang it to his wife, and in the hushed silence that followed, she said, We will die, you and I, but this song. Will live forever at Christmas Eve midnight the organ did not sound in the church at Arnsdorf the congregation indeed felt a lack of it until with father Josef Moore singing Franz Gruber playing his guitar the hallowed strains of silent night fell upon their ears and the echo of the first rendition of this holy hymn has not died away in the world even now At the conclusion of 200 years, the congregation sat enthralled. No organ, no, but a special gift has been given to the Christ child on his birthday.
7: In heavenly peace Sleep in heavenly peace Silent night Silent night Holy night Dark night So... Oh uh-huh.
3: of our fathers and our God give us the faith to believe in the ultimate triumph of righteousness we pray for the bifocals of faith that see the despair and the need of the hour but also further on the patience of our God working out his plan in the world he has made. In Thy sovereign name we pray, amen.